Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Nine Yards podcast. My name is Luke Leather. I'm joined today by Caleb Arthur, as I am every single time. And man, we're here. Uh, it's July 11th. Training camp starts soon. We're still in the dregs of the offseason a little bit, but uh, we got some big quarterback movement news recently. Baker Mayfield, after a long saga with the Browns, where demanded a trade, but basically within the hour, they traded for Deshaun Watson. They were looking for partners. People were saying Seattle. Then a straight swap with Jimmy Garoppolo was brought up. Eventually, he lands in Carolina. Um, the Panthers were named to watch since the beginning of this trek, uh, I think, for Baker. But it seemed like Robbie Anderson himself uh, – uh, commented on an Instagram post about Baker going to the Panthers. He said, no. So it didn't really seem like they wanted him, but as we can both agree, they have one of the thinnest quarterback rooms in the league. So this move was obviously necessary. So Caleb, obviously this is a bit of an upgrade for them, but how do you see this impacting their season next year? Um, I think it's, it's kind of weird because I don't think it really, you know, elevates the Panthers to a playoff team or anything like that. I mean, I think, I guess if Christian McCaffrey can be healthy you know, they'll, they'll be a decent team, but I, I don't really see much of a shot at making the playoffs. So it's kind of weird because it's like, you know, Baker is obviously a clear upgrade over Sam Darnold. I think even as somebody like myself who's not a huge Baker fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I admit that he is definitely a clear upgrade over Sam Darnold. And I yeah. even think he's getting a little bit too much hate. I mean, I see some people saying they're not, they don't even think he'll beat out Sam Darnold in training camp. Yeah. I definitely think he is a clear, uh, when healthy, a clear level above Sam Darnold. So it's going to improve the team to some point. They only had to give up a fifth round pick. So not really anything there. They're only having to pay half the salary as well. So for the Panthers, it's a good trade. My only concern is, is it going to put you in a position where you're still not a playoff team, Mm -hmm. but now, I don't think the Panthers will be in a position to get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud. So now it's like, I think when you do that, you're kind of like saying, okay, now we're kind of putting our eggs in the Baker basket, hoping he can be our franchise quarterback for years to come. Yeah, I agree. I think I want to come back to the point you made about this kind of taking them out of the running for um, a Young or a Stroud. I think that probably factored in their decision a little bit. But the reason I, I like this trade for them is, yes, I agree. I'm not the biggest, biggest Baker guy in the world. I thought rookie Joe Burrow was better than Baker, and I still will stand by that. But he definitely has gotten a way too much hate over the last, like, three months. Yeah. I don't like him, and I don't think he's that good. But, I mean, he was playing with a torn labrum, and that's pretty hard to do when you're a quarterback. I know it was his non-throwing shoulder, but he was, he was a shell of himself. He was out there behind a pretty – beat up O-line every single week, and he was fighting for this organization. I mean, he's he's the quarterback who led him to the playoffs, and he won them their first playoff game in basically years and decades and forever. Uh, so I think to just kind of cast him aside like that, I feel bad for him a little bit. I think he's a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. Um, but I want to come back to the thing you said about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young because I think that this trade is good for them, in my opinion, because what if – like if Baker just like decides it's his revenge tour – um, and he plays out of his mind, you could certainly sneak into the seventh seed in the NFC. The NFC is a little bit weak this year. Um, mm-hmm. And especially in an easy division where you play the, the Saints twice and the Falcons twice. I mean, if you take care of business against those teams and you're better than expected, you could make a little bit of a run, pop in the playoffs. If you're not, and, and Baker's not playing really well and you're middle of the road, you could also just bench him. Like you gave up a fifth round pick for yeah. this guy. If you're, if tanking is the move for you and you realize about mid season, like, all right, we should probably tank. We're like, what, three and five. 
uh, and we're not winning many things. And, you know, maybe they get to like three and five, then they go to three and seven. They're like, okay, let's kind of throw in the towel here. I think benching him is a complete possibility. Like, obviously it's going to hurt, but you're not paying a lot of money for this guy. He's a free agent after this season. You only have a one-year commitment to him. You only gave up a fifth-round pick for him. And, I mean, you could be like, all right, let's throw Mac around there. Let's see how he does. And if he fails, awesome. You have probably a top 10 pick. And if he succeeds, cool, quarterback of the future. Like, it's just, I think this is this is a good trade for the Panthers because also, like, in the teens, I think we can both agree, Caleb, this, this quarterback class next year is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's way better than the one we had this year. Uh, there's already, like, I'm already, it, there's already two guys, I think, instantly who will be top probably four picks in Stroud and Young. Um, they're both really, really good. And then we have guys like Tyler Van Dyke, your guy, Will Levis, like all these dudes on the second tier that could really have a breakout season, uh, next year and come into the draft looking really hot. I mean, there's going to be, I know Malik Willis fell, fell on the boards, but he really had a big breakout season and he shot up from where he was expected to. So there's probably going to be like a, a, a better Malik Willis every single year where there's always one guy who jumps into the conversation. Hey, I mean, I know we meme him a lot, but Spencer Rattler's going to have an offense all to himself in South Carolina this year. He doesn't have any backups breathing down his neck. And if he plays really well, he can work himself into like maybe the QB five or the QB six conversation, possibly still go in the first round. Um, So yeah, I think this is an interesting trade for the Panthers, but also it it makes me curious how the quarterbacks will stack up in that division. Now, Caleb, where would you put Baker next to Jameis and next to guys like Andy Dalton and uh, Marcus Mariota at that point in this division? Well, honestly, I mean, we know Jameis Winston has talent, but if you would have asked me a year ago, you know, before Baker got hurt, even as somebody, like I said, who's not a huge Baker fan, I think he, I think a healthy Baker is the second best quarterback in that division, just behind Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that. I think Jameis Winston isn't too far back, but he is also coming off um, an injury at torn ACL. So, you know, I, and I think even when he's healthy, is somewhere like in the high twenties. And I think Baker, when he's healthy, is you know. 16 17 best quarterback somewhere in that range mm-hmm. so i i think they now you know if everything goes according to plan i think the panthers now have the second best quarterback in the division and it's not a super high bar in that division because it's not there's not much after tom Brady, but still having the second best quarterback in your division is good enough we always talk about how you just can't have the worst quarterback in your division and i think that they they don't have that anymore so yeah. it, it definitely helps i'm still not sure you know can he be the quarterback of the future maybe maybe not but i think as of right now they probably have the second best quarterback in the division and that'll be enough to win a decent amount of games at least versus division opponents no yeah i i agree i think getting baker was good for them because like I, like i outlined earlier i think he's a little bit better than people are starting to give him credit for um and like you said being the second best quarterback in that division He's going to have some chances. And I mean, you look at their schedule, they have the Browns week one. That should be fun. Revenge game for Baker. But then, I mean, it's Browns, Giants, Saints, Cardinals, Niners, Rams, Bucks, Falcons, Bengals, Falcons again, Ravens, Broncos, Seahawks, Steelers, Lions. Like they, they don't play a lot of really, really good teams. Like the only teams I think they play that would fall under the, the like the elite to very good category in the NFL, probably the Bucks, the Ravens, and the Bengals and the Rams. Other than that, I don't think there's any team that I just read that is like elite to very good, especially if Sean Watson yeah. can't play. I mean, the Niners are right on the line, but I think if they start Trey Lance, I'm not sure if they're elite to very good out the gate. Um, so you have two teams that are on the line in the Browns, the Niners, but the Saints are beatable. The Cardinals, who knows what's happening with them? They're beatable. Giants, you mean they're the Giants. If Daniel, if Danny Jones is playing, 
I don't really know if I feel good about them. They play the Seahawks, they play the Lions. So if they're better than people are, are giving them credit for, and if Baker kind of turns up to that 2019 form, um, I think they could be a pretty good team. Um, I think, I mean, pretty good by their standards, like maybe six or seven wins, but that's a lot better than I was predicting them for uh, before they made this trade. So I think this is, is a good piece of business for the Panthers. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I think they're going to come out of this trade saying, hey, if it worked out, it worked out. If it didn't work out, we don't have to pay them and we only gave them a fifth rounder. So it was pretty good for them. So now uh, with camp starting, we're going to move on a little bit. We're going we're gonna to talk about some fantasy football because uh, I feel like we haven't talked about fantasy football in a long time in this podcast forever. So Caleb, uh, I'm just thinking, you know, there's been a lot of rookies drafted, um, guys who maybe didn't even play last year or technically classified as rookies. So uh, we're going to hit three rookies who we think will make a, a really good fantasy impact at the gate. Probably people who listen to this should keep an eye on in their drafts. Um, so Caleb, I'll let you go first. One rookie who you're thinking about, who, who is it? Well, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's a couple of guys, you know, I don't want to go the two obvious ones, but I think you still have to point them out. So with my first one, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks from my Titans. I think that, I mean, if things go well, I mean, he's for sure at least wide receiver two. Could be wide receiver one if he leaps past Robert Woods. He obviously, with no A.J. Brown now, that was actually his comp coming out of uh, Arkansas. So I think that's going to be a very interesting fit. I think that you look at him. He had a little bit of asthma issues in spring training, I guess. Yeah. but it has not affected him in past football seasons. So I'm not too concerned about that. But like I said, he, he has a very good shot at being a wide receiver. One, don't know. I mean, Drake London maybe is probably, I think, the only one, other wide receiver who can who can be a wide receiver one this year. Yeah. So I think that, you know, just solely based on that, we know A.J. Brown obviously put up big fantasy stats. Not obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as AJ Brown, especially not as a rookie, but he's going to play that same role. And I think just based on that, if he plays every game and he has had no injury issues in the past, I think that this is a guy that can carve out a role for him in this Titans offense very quickly. And I think he can be a, a very good fantasy receiver. Yep, uh, I agree. I think he was, he definitely falls under guys that I would I would put down if I was like, all right, if I have to draft some rookies, that's who I draft. Um, I, I'm my my first one. I'm, I'm probably gonna steal a guy that I know is on your list because I know you love him. But I think this is kind of he's kind of been the consensus best rookie to draft. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Uh, but I think Brees Hall on the Jets is gonna be pretty good in fantasy this season, and honestly, pretty yeah. good straight up. Um, obviously running backs are important in fantasy. They have, they have two pretty good running backs, uh, and two pretty good young running backs and Michael Carter and, and Brees Young, but and not Brees Young, Brees Hall. Uh, but ultimately I think that Hall is going to get some of the care. I mean, we look at, uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams last year in Denver. I mean, each of them put up really, really good fantasy seasons, one with yards, one with touchdowns and Hall's a bigger body. Uh, he's bigger than, um, uh, Carter. So I think he's going to get a lot of the goal line touches. And so he could lead to a lot of touchdowns, a lot of conversions. I mean, hell, we don't know how good Zach Wilson is going to be this year. So they might have to lean on that run game a little bit. Their O-line got a lot better this off season. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the Jets got a lot more new pieces. And I think you can also look at Garrett Wilson. But like you said, the only wide receiver is going to be wide receiver one. Out the gate is Drake London. Burks has the opportunity to do that. Uh, but I ultimately think, I think Brees Hall is going to be probably the best rookie running back you can draft in fantasy. Um, just because of the value of the run back position and the touches he's going to get in the red zone. So, Caleb, for your second rookie, who are you, who are you thinking? Yeah, this is another one. I'm going to go with you, your running back. A, a 
guy that some people thought was learning back one in the stretch, Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker of Seattle. Yeah. I think that he has a, an opportunity. You kind of like you mentioned with Zach Wilson. I think even to a bigger extent, Seattle, they are, I mean, even when they had Russell Wilson, they like to run it a lot. So I, mm-hmm. I imagine now that they have Drew Locke, they're going to run it even more. So I think that this is a offense that is very well made for running back. Chris Carson is there, but his health has been really questionable lately. Um, had a pretty bad neck injury last season. So I don't know how often and how much he'll be able to produce this year. So I think this is just a, a situation where he's probably not going to go super high in the fantasy draft just because Brees Hall will be picked before him in terms of the rookies. And then people will remember that the Seahawks also have Chris Carson but I, and, and even Rashad Penny. But I think this is a guy who has a really high ceiling just because he could propel to the running back one and on a team that I think is going to be very, very run heavy. Yep. That, that, that checks out. I think him and Rashad Penny are kind of, kind of be that team's only offense this year. Um, I mean, Tyler Lockett and TK Metcalf are obviously there, but with Drew Locke throwing the ball, I'm not feeling great. I like, I like Locke. I like Locke more than most people do, but I just think that you can't uh, unvalue the running backs on that team, especially when they play in kind of nasty weather. Sometimes they're not going to air it out a lot. So yeah, I think Kenneth Walker's great. Um, him and Rashad Penny this year are going to be pretty solid. Uh, for my second player, I'm going to, you know, shift to the wide receiver category. And this is another name I'm seeing pop around a little bit, but not, not a ton. Uh, and, and I'm thinking Alec Pierce um, on the Colts. I mean, I think he, he's going to be like late, late in drafts. Like this is a big sleeper guy for me, but I think he's going to be really solid this season because you look at the Colts, they have Michael Pittman. And then it's a lot of questions after that. T.Y. Hilton's kind of old uh, and they drafted this guy early. Um, and Alec Pierce, he's a strong slot receiver. He's probably going to get a lot of catches. Um, he's a, he's kind of speedy, but he's more shifty, uh, to, to get all the stereotypes out of the way. He is sneaky athletic, but I think he can convert a lot in the red zone. That's going to be very similar to, um, Brees Hall, but he's not going to be like a big play threat. He's not going to be a, a deep bomb threat, but he's a shifty. He's good route runner. He's going to come out of the slot. And I think that's the kind of thing that Matt Ryan loves to go to. Um, he had those kind of guys in, uh, Atlanta with him, Roddy white, people like that. Um, and he liked to throw to him all the time, just in those, in those slides, you know, quick little hitch, quick little out when you're five yards, six yards from the end zone. And he can hit him in the corners over and over and over again. So uh, I think he's going to be available late in drafts. He could be a big steal. And so that's why I think Alec Pierce could be a, a pretty good fantasy rookie this season. So Caleb, uh, your final fantasy rookie, who are you thinking? Yeah, this is a guy I've been pretty high on pre-draft, I guess a little bit higher than most people, I think. Mm-hmm. And that is Sky Moore who is on the Chiefs now. And I think that's notable because that is an offense that lost Tyreek Hill. But I think despite the fact they lost Tyreek Hill, they are still going to want to air it out and be very pass-heavy. I don't think it's going to make them more conservative knowing Andy Reid and the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes. So I think this is a guy who is probably, I think, has a very good chance of honestly developing into a, a wide receiver one for this team. He, his name makes a lot of sense for him. He is a very mm-hmm. fast receiver and obviously will fill that Tyreek Hill role. We know the Chiefs love speed. Patrick Mahomes, you know, when you got a great quarterback that's really going to help you as a receiver, he can air it out. Very clever offense with Andy Reid. Going to be on a good team. And like I said, I mean, it's a great, it's a great situation because they're a great team with a great quarterback, great coach, but they don't really have any great receivers. So yeah. if he shows up and, and, and plays very well, he can become wide receiver one pretty quickly, I think. So I think that's a guy who 
is not going to go, like I said, he's not going to get drafted super high. So I think, I think it could be a low risk, high reward pick in fantasy. I agree. He's a big sleeper. Um, like you, I liked him a lot uh, pre-draft and even I like where he ended up. I think he can fit that system really well. And he's the immediate Terry Hill replacement. Um, and when you're, when Andy Reid's drawn up the schemes, I mean, I don't really think it matters who's catching the ball as long as they're fast and man, this guy can fly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to go receiver for my third one too. Um, and I think this guy, I like this guy a lot pre-draft you did too. Uh, but it's, it's weird because he, he can't really play well in game, but he's six, five and he can fly. And I'm talking about Christian Watson, uh, and the Packers drafted him early, um, second round. And I, I really like this for the Packers. Devonte Adams is gone. Alan Lazard's probably gonna have to step up and step in. I know you love him, Iowa State guy, to the uh, to the wide receiver one role. So that means he's gonna be getting a bulk of the targets. But Lazard was never much of a much of a straight line guy. And even mm-hmm. as Rodgers gets older, he can still slink it down the field a little bit. And a true deep threat, I don't think has been had in Green Bay in a pretty long time. I mean. Devonte Adams is great, but he never had the burner speed that other guys did. I mean, I think when you think about Deep Threats Prime, Randall Cobb was pretty fast, uh, but he's kind of the last one I can think about who was truly fast uh, and, and elite at just going straight down the field, catching it and running it in Green Bay. So I think Christian Watson is going to be a huge pickup. Again, he's not going to be very high. He's a big sleeper guy. He might be able to even get him undrafted. But I think that as the season goes on and as Rodgers gets more comfortable with his targets, this guy's speed is really going to come in handy. And Christian Watson is going to put up a lot of fantasy points this season. So, uh, so yeah, there we go. Baker trade some, some fantasy rookies. Now, I mean, we, like I said, I said in the intro, we're, we're in drags the off season here. So we're going to, we're going to do some rankings. We're going to spice up a little bit. We're going to, we're going to rank some running backs because this always gets the crowd going. We, we were debating between quarterbacks, running backs, or receivers. Maybe we'll do those down the line. We settled on running backs. Um, I think this should be interesting, Caleb. I mean, you're a Titans fan. I, so I assume I know who you're, you have going first. Uh, but I think that there's been, there's a lot of turmoil at the top four in the running back position. So, um, hmm. let's, uh, let's go 10 and work our way down. So we kind of narrow it down. So Caleb, your 10th best running back in the NFL right now, who is it and why? Um, so right now this is kind of an interesting one. Well, not really interesting, but I guess a guy that was kind of hard to where to place him. And number 10, I have Saquon Barkley. And I think that, um, you know, last season, not great. You played 13 games out of 17, so not terrible, but not yeah. fantastic. Um, 3.7 yards to carry again, not great, but not bad either. Only had two touchdowns, which I think is is a little bit of a, of a concern, but he was great, I think, a couple years ago. Most people thought he was top five. Yeah. He still has that potential, but he has been really banged up. Obviously, not last season, but the season before he tore his ACL, missed the whole season, so I think that he just has to, uh, to prove a little bit more. Didn't exactly come back last season, you know, looking like a, a, a top two running back, but he still has the talent. He's still very good. He's still a guy that just is going to get the benefit of the doubt, I think, just because of what we saw, how good he was just a couple of years ago. Still mm-hmm. young, you know, drafted in 2018. So mm-hmm. I think it's a guy who could be, you know, it's fallen a little bit because of injury concerns, but it still uh, has a high scene. Yeah, he, uh, he's a name I was really considering putting on my list, but ultimately he missed out for me. He missed the cut barely. Um, I mean, I think he's good, but he just, he hasn't really, I haven't seen big production from him in the last years, like you mentioned. Not a lot of yards, not a lot of touchdowns. I mean, that's due to the combination of injuries and just a bad O-line. 
Um, but yeah, he had, he had a couple of really, really good seasons, but he seems to kind of be struggling to get his mojo back. Um, there's going to be, there's, there's two other notable omissions from my list. I feel like people might get a little, uh, you know, interested about, but they'll find out who's gone and why as I go on. But yeah, my, my 10th best running back in the NFL, I've gone with a guy. I think a lot of people aren't giving him enough credit. Uh, going with Deandre Swift. Um, he's, he plays in a system where he's kind of the whole offense and he struggles with injuries sometimes, but really he, he averaged four yards a carry, which was kind of good, but not fantastic, but he also missed a lot of time. And I also think you can't discount his pass catching ability and the way he kind of did a lot with nothing in the games he played, uh, up in Detroit. So, yeah, I mean, I think he flies under the radar a little bit, um, but you just see the drop off from him to his backups and he, he played really well this season. And I think that next year he's going to be a big breakout. I'm, I'm all on the Detroit bus. So yeah, Deandre Swift, my 10th best running back. Um, again, he missed time like Saquon, but I just think when he was healthy, you saw he did a lot more with just as much help, uh, maybe even less. So yeah, Deandre Swift, my 10th best running back. Now Caleb nine or where are you going for nine? Yeah, this is one I think is, you know, a good link. And I don't think this is too controversial. Number nine, I have Austin at, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, he's not the highlight of that offense. You talk about Justin Hobart, obviously, as a great young quarterback, Keenan Allen gets a good amount of respect. But Austin Ackler is a very good running back. He had 12 touchdowns last year with an average of 4.4 yards a carry and also had 70 receptions. So he can catch the ball as well. A little bit of a dual threat. So I think that you look at that in an offense that eh, kind of weird, you know, they like to go it go forward on fourth down a lot, but I think that this is a team he's going to, I think the Chargers is going to be very good next year. I think he is going to take, you know, another step maybe if they can get that offense more uh, going. Cause that was a little bit of an issue uh, late in the season. So I think that he is uh yeah, a really good running back though. I think is going to be very productive on a very good team. Yeah. I actually also have Austin Eckler at nine. I think he's pretty solid and he falls in like the tier with guys like Swift um, and, and other people, like you said, he's not really the highlight of that offense, but he puts up pretty good numbers. He's a very, very solid. And he, he does exactly what's asked of him. Again, the injuries, eh, he gets hurt a little bit, but I mean, when he's healthy, he's really, really good. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's ninth best running back for me. I think he's great, uh, but he, he's kind of not really, I don't know if he could carry my offense for me. Like some of the guys yeah. in the top five, maybe even the top six. But he, he definitely does his part and does really, really well with the pieces around him. So, yeah, same number nine for both of us. We have different tens. But in my opinion, eight is where it gets – not really eight, but seven is where it gets really interesting for me. I, I have a feeling yeah. I know who you might go with at eight. But uh, just in case, explain. Eight, who are you have? Yeah, at number eight, I have Joe Mixon. Yep, okay. And I think that, um, you know, again, similar to Austin Eckler, Definitely was not the highlight of that offense. You know, all the talk was, you know, Joe Burrow, Jamal Chase, uh, even T. Higgins. So mm -hmm. he didn't get a lot of a lot of publicity, but he was a very solid, very good running back. You know, over 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. Just a very solid guy that at times, there were times when that Bengals offense actually relied on him quite a bit. There were certain games where it was a Joe Mixon game and they yeah. knew it was a Joe Mixon game yeah. and, and they really relied on him. So I think he's a guy that they're never going to have to fully rely on him because they have a great receiver core and a great quarterback, but he, he, he's a guy that you, you want in your backfield, honestly, because I think when he's called upon, 
he, he can really, you know, he can put the offense on his, on his back sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. He, uh, he definitely won the Bengals a couple of games last season. Like you mentioned, like when, when they got into November and December and, and they kind of started to fall out of the wild card race, they, they shied away a little bit from the, just the gun it out every single possession because they were getting turnovers and it was hurting them. And there was games um, against the Broncos and games against the Raiders huge for their wild card push. They ultimately ended up winning the division, but yeah, but Joe Mixon won them those games. Like he'd grind out uh, mm-hmm. downhill runs. He's really good. And to me, I, I just, I look at the stats and he's battled injuries his entire career. His rookie year, 626 yards, whatever. That was Marvin Lewis doesn't count. Um, and then 2018 with the statistically proven like bottom five offensive line in NFL history, he puts up a thousand yards, 1,168 yards, uh, to be exact. Andy Dalton's his quarterback. They have watched AJ green. who only played half the season as their weapons. So he's basically tasked with doing a lot of stuff himself. And he puts up huge numbers behind a terrible line. Uh, he does it again in 2019. Um, he, this time with a new head coach, uh, an even worse team, really, um, or an even worse O-line. I mean, they went two and 14 that year. He missed time. He still put up a thousand yards, 2020 injuries were a big factor, but then he come back in 2021, uh, and he puts up a thousand yards again, and he's never been the biggest, uh, touchdown guy. He was a big touchdown guy in 2021. He scored a lot of TDs, uh, earlier in his career, not so much, but he's really good at just, he's shifty in the second level. He's low to the ground. Um, his pass blocking stinks and that's a very big sore spot amongst Bengals guys. But Hey, when you, when you ask him to run, he can run really, really well. So that's why Joe Mixon's my eighth best running back. Uh, and now I think it gets really interesting. Maybe we have the same one here, but at, definitely after this one, it's just, it's anyone's game. So Caleb for seventh running back, who do you go with? Yeah, this is, this is one's a little interesting. Doesn't maybe even have the stats of the guys I had at eight and nine. But I'm going to go with number seven. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. And I think that um, it's a little bit, like I said, his stats were down this year, actually. Worst stats he's had since uh, 2018. But I think overall, he, he's, a, he's a really good running back again. When you have Aaron Rodgers and you had Devontae Adams, it, it makes sense to not rely on Aaron Jones a whole lot. But I think this year, when they got Alan Lazard and a rookie as their two main receivers, I think you're going to see them rely on him a lot. He ha- also has a, you know, AJ Dillon as a backfield partner, which takes away some of the touches. But I think when he's asked upon, I think he can be a very, very good running back. And I am projecting a little bit to next season with this one, but I think he's going to get called upon a lot next season. And I think he's going to perform very well. Yeah, um, I agree. He's my seven too. Uh, again, I think he falls in the same tier as Mixon and Eckler. Uh, yeah, they're great, but they're clearly not the face of their offense, but they're still really good. And they do exactly what's asked of them. And now we're going to see how he can carry the offense a little bit more um, in this next season. I think that's why I have him a little higher than those guys, just because he's done it before a couple games when Adams was out. Now we're going to have to see it full season. Uh, so, yeah, top six time. This should be good. So, Caleb, for sixth best running back in the NFL, who have you gone with? Yep, six. This is another one, you know. I guess this is this is the guy that is really hard to place. And number six, I have Christian McCaffrey. Interesting. And, Interesting. And I think that it's kind of similar to Saquon, except, you know, it's it's not really been one injury. It's been just multiple every year. It's it's something else. But you look back to 2019, you know, almost 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, about five yards of carry, and also – Obviously, his big claim to fame, 116 receptions. He can he could probably be an NFL uh, receiver as well, slot receiver. So 
I think that he's just this dual threat. And when he plays, he can absolutely, because he can run and catch, he can carry an offense. He's never had a great quarterback around him. So he's had to carry the load a lot when he, when he's on the field, but I can't put him as that top tier just because he just, I don't think you can rely on him. I think when you get to a point where you're missing a lot of games, like three, two, three seasons in a row, I think that it's it's hard to rely on him. So I can't put him in that top tier. But when he's on the field, he's elite and he can carry an offense. Yeah, he's uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's a little lower than I have him. Um, I was surprised by that. I think he's really, really good. But it's just it's just the injuries. It's just the injuries that hold him back. Man, like I, he's he's really, really talented. And we've seen that going back to his, his Stanford days. And in my opinion, of all the guys in the top 10, if you said everyone here is healthy, who are you gonna who for who do you want for one game with nobody else good on that offense? I'm gonna take Christian McCaffrey because he can run, he can catch, he can run just as well as 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 like top five guys, but he can catch better than all of them. Problem is he just can't stay on the field, he just can't stay on the field, and that's why he's 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 not super super high. Um, but six is a little lower than I was expecting, but that's that's I have him a little higher than that. But for me, six is Alvin Kamara. Um, I think he's great. It's kind of similar reasons to Christian McCaffrey. He does a lot of catching and running, but he didn't have the greatest season last year. And who knows if he's going to play like at all this year, he still hasn't got any like suspension. I mean, there's like, he's on the commissioner's list because he had that big assault charge over the pro bowl, but he hasn't got any suspension from it. So we have no idea if he's going to play or not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's really, really good. The problem is just like McCaffrey, he kind of can't really stay on the field, um, but he catches the ball. Well, he runs the ball. Well, and he's pretty solid. So five, Caleb, who have you gone with? Yeah, and number five, I had Alvin Kamara. And yeah. I just put him above Christian McCaffrey because he, he can stay on the field a little bit better than him. But again, like you said, you know, similar styles. They both are very good at both running the ball and catching the ball. He was good this past year, you know, almost 900 yards, pretty much exactly 900 yards. So yeah. overall, yeah. he's really good. I can rely on him, and I think at this point, now that Drew Brees is gone, and even Drew Brees in his last years was not that great, especially pushing the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you can really rely on if you don't have an elite quarterback because he's great at the checkdowns, run after catch, and obviously just at the basic handoff, he, he's very good as well. So I think this is a guy you're going to rely on. Michael Thomas, again, is the guy I have no idea yeah. when he's going to play, how he's going to look. So I think this is a guy that you will definitely – can we lie on? And we saw that one was that six touchdowns that one Christmas game. He he won Um, a lot of people's fantasy leagues that week. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen like in games like that, he he can really carry an offense with his dual threat. So I think he's, he's, he's really good. Almost in that top two. Yep. I mean, I think I put him and McCaffrey in the same tier and that's exactly why I have McCaffrey five for me, the running backs. I mean, there's a lot of interchangeable stuff. There's like a tier of guys. Like I have Swift on the same tiers guys like Najee Harris and Saquon Barkley and Javante Williams. Spoiler alert. None of those guys are in the top five. Um, And then like Eckler Jones and Mixon are all together because they're like not the focal points in our offense, but they're still good. Then Kamara and McCaffrey I have together because they're, they're great dual threats, but they just can't stay healthy. Stuff like that. So, yeah, I've been McCaffrey at five for all the reasons I outlined earlier. He's great. He can catch, he can run, he can carry an offense, just can't stay healthy. Um, but now, getting to the top four for me, there's a lot of pure runners up here. Not a lot of the guys up here are crazy receiving threats, but they run the ball so damn well. They're just, they can change an offense. So, Caleb, for number four running back, who have you gone with? Yeah, and number four, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. This was a guy I 
I think before last season, I, I had him at number two. But, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit, you know, only six touchdowns compared to a 16 the year before. Um, dropped off. He, he's a guy that, you know, has never had any long-term injuries, but he does get nicked up a good amount. But, again, I think that's just about every running back. So, overall, like I said, he's got, again, you know, Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback around him. They have mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. So, I think that um, – you know, he's not asked to carry the offense per se, although he's a pretty big part. They yeah. say they're going to be more of a, a pass offense this year, so I don't know exactly what that's going to mean for him. Stats might go down a little bit now that they got a really pass-heavy offensive coach uh, now replacing Mike Zimmer. So I think that I don't know about his future, probably going to go a little bit down, but as for now, he's a guy that I think not a, not a lot of people talk about him, you know, I feel like he's not a super talked about running back, but mm-hmm. when he when he is healthy and he is on, uh, I have seen him go crazy in games. Yep, he can uh, he can be very good. But I have a different guy at four. I have Nick Chubb at four, um, and I think he's great. I think Nick Chubb is really really good. Uh, but to me, he just he strikes me as kind of like a poor man's version of the guys like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Like he's a great runner and he's really hard to tackle. And he doesn't do much else, but he's really good. But for me, what changes it for me? is he has played behind a really good O-line his entire career. Um, yeah. Last season, it was a little dodgy, but that was because of injuries. But years before, since he was a rookie and onwards, he's always played by an O-line with very, very good players, like two, three pro bowlers on this O-line. And so for me, I think that takes away what he does a little bit. I still think he's very good. And obviously, I'm going to take him over other guys on this list. Um, and he's, he's top three in the AFC. There's no question about it. I don't think he's Mixon and Eckler aren't close to him. Um, but he just, it just, it's just what keeps him away from guys like Cook Henry and Taylor to me are just the fact that he just barely has always had that has advantage of a pretty good O-line. And yeah, his quarterback's been dodgy. I mean, it's been Baker, but hey, when they had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, the weapons were good. The defense was solid. He's always been in a pretty good situation, which is crazy to say because it's the Browns. But in terms of roster-wise, the situation's always been solid. He has a head coach who likes to call plays for him. Kevin Stefanski came from the Viking system where Cook thrived. Um, and obviously is the reason he's, he's doing pretty well, obviously he's still very talented. And so that's why I have him fourth, but there's just, I, he's just not on the same tier as the top three guys. In my opinion, I'm going to assume you have him third, but I'd love to hear what you say about it. Yeah, I do have him number third. And it was really, you know, even when we started doing this list, I wasn't completely sure who I was going to have three, who I was going to have four, mm-hmm. but so it's really interchangeable. The, the reason I add Nick Chubb is I think that, you know, he has Kareem Hunt in his backfield. So I yeah. think he, his stats, you know, they could be even better. Yeah, that's true. And I think that, you know, you look at that, maybe they wouldn't, maybe hope more. So I don't think, I mean, I still think it's great to have two great running backs because you want to take the load off of Nick Chubb. But when you look at his stats, you do have to consider they could be better. Like you said, you know, a really good offensive line. And there's no question that that has helped him. He's had a better offensive line than I think any other running back on this list. So I think that, you know, you have to consider that, but you know, he's every time again, not a huge reception threat, but he's had pretty much equal stats about the past three seasons. So he's really consistent injury concerns are not there much with him. Um, he, he's done a pretty good job at staying on the field. And like I said, you know, when Baker, you know, is a little bit of an inconsistent quarterback when he is not, when he has not been feeling it, you know, Nick Chubb has been, just fantastic and, and he's really he's taking over games so it's going to be interesting this season you know if, if Deshaun Watson does play play a good amount this season maybe will his 
you know, stats go back a little bit now that they have a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think that he is, uh, he can take over games and I know that. Yeah. He's uh, he's still very good. And for the reasons you outlined, I have Dalvin cook uh, at three. I still like him a lot. I think again, again, like all these guys, I mean, running back tough position struggles, with, struggles with injuries a little bit, and he does have help of weapons around him, but his offensive line has never been fantastic. Uh, and he's, he's been doing a lot. I mean, he never really has much of a handcuff. Um, so he's been doing a lot. He's been carrying a lot of this running game for a while. And he's also been just consistently productive. Like since he was drafted, he's been good. Um, and I think that you can just place him in the top three, in my opinion, because he's always like, like you said, last year I had him second uh, as well. Um, and he's always been pretty good. And this year you took a little bit of a step back, but I think with new guy coming in, new head coach who just, who likes to just be as funky in the offense as possible coming out of the Sean McVay tree. We'll see how good he can be, but I still think Dalvin cook is very, very talented in the top three running back in this league. But now we get to the good stuff. The top two, I have, I have a really, really strong feeling about what you're going to do. And I think mine is actually flipped from what you say, but uh, go ahead, Caleb, second and first best running backs in the league and explain the difference, please. Yeah, no, and it, I think we all know who the top two is, but mm-hmm. and number two, I have Jonathan Taylor, and I think that this this is one where it's it's hard because it, it's like it's obviously his past season was phenomenal, over eighteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, five point five yards uh, a carry, just fantastic. But I think that I just want to see one more year of that production. Yeah. I think that's that's really the main thing because I think. I mean, I think we know who I have number one now, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Derrick Henry, you look at – he had that one year, you know, when the Titans made the AFC Championship game. He was really good, and we were like, okay, this guy's a great running back. But then it was the year after that where he had uh, 2,000 yards, and then it was like, okay, this guy looks like the best running back. So can he do that again? Can, can this next season be the year where Jonathan Taylor does it again, maybe even a little bit better? And I think if, if he can do that – and again, stay healthy. That's another thing. I think a big part of that is just he's only played two seasons. If next year he can have match that production, stay healthy again, then I think you can probably have him probably put him at number one. But I think right now, just amazing. But again, that consistency, I would just like to see one more season of that production. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I have him first, though, and I have Derrick Henry second. And it's tough for me because I think Derrick Henry is really, really good. Um, and these guys, I think, are pretty much tied. When I, If I have to choose, it's tough. My answer switches literally every single day. Um, but at least in my experience with you know following the NFL for most of my life, running back is just such a streaky position. Like when you're on, you're on, and when you're not, you're not. And for me, that's why I have Taylor number one right now, just because he's just – He's feeling himself like so much. Like, it's kind of shot weird reasoning, but it just, when you're, when you get going, when your quarterback is Carson Wentz and your weapons are Michael Pittman Jr. and stuff, it's not great. And I understand Derrick Henry had Ryan Tannehill. Um, and, you know, I mean, AJ Brown, but like washed Julio, like the weapons weren't great there. But I, I still, I just put Taylor over him. I think it's just so close just by a fraction because. We've seen his peak. I mean, Derrick Henry's peak is in, insane, but Taylor's peak was strong and it was like nothing. We hadn't, it's like he's going to, he can build on it. It feels like Henry might have crested a little bit with what he's done. Obviously, fighting injuries is hard, but it's just at the end of the day, I just feel like Taylor is the better running back right now. Again, that could change as the season goes on, but if you had to rank him right now, I would take Jonathan Taylor. 
And that will conclude this episode of the All Nine Yards podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For my co-host, Caleb Arthur, I am Luke Lender. And everybody, you know, stay safe. Uh, you know, enjoy the summer weather. We got uh, we got some some July heat coming around, but training camp starting very soon. So we'll be back on you with some preview podcasts and uh, some predictions as the NFL season rolls around. Because uh, this is the last month without football until March of 2023, which is really something you love to see. So thank you everybody for listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time.